What's up, everybody? Happy Sunday morning. Part one of WrestleMania 39 ended about, geez, I don't know, 11 hours ago. Got some rest in. Ready to talk about it here. Ryan Drosty with Mr. Justin Joint coming off what seemed to be a pretty roundly praised edition of WrestleMania 39 part one. Justin, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good. I, I, I'm on my second cup of coffee, so building that strength, <laughs> strong style. Oh, yeah. I've got my first cup here. <laughs> I'm just starting it. I might have a kid bringing in a second cup because my wife took our kids to go see the Easter Bunny at a local coffee shop right now. Oh, so all right. They're supposed to be bringing me home a, a donut and some coffee. So I don't know. They might run in here with it. Who knows? I forgot nice. to lock the door. What kind of donut? Uh, you I request a certain ah is the the place, but uh, you request yeah, a special one. Yeah, I usually get this kind of coffee one called Java Nut. That's really really good. Interesting. I I I love coffee. I mean, it, basically, my day peaks with that first and second cup of coffee. But uh, I do not like coffee flavored food. I don't want that. Yeah, I agree with you on the cup of coffee. That is one of the highlights of my day. I don't usually, I would say I don't usually, but this donut I love. It's like my, my all-time favorite donut ever. Yeah, so you got to give it one. a try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we're talking WrestleMania 39. It's a big day. It's a big weekend for us. I mean, this is going to be a busy day. I, I don't know if you're watching, Justin. You get the Iowa Hawkeyes women in the national title game this afternoon. I'll be watching that with the whole family. I think Maybe I might actually turn that in. Dude, you got to watch, watch it. it. Yeah. I, I haven't watched any of it yet, but... You got a generational talent leading the way. And I mean, it's for all the marbles and it's at a good time, 2.30 for us. So yeah, Caitlin no excuses is not unbelievable, to. unbelievable, like such an exciting player to watch. I've been watching this thing. Who cares about the men's tournament? This is where it's at. So yeah, you, you should turn it in. It'll be uh, the, the game against South Carolina the other night was quite the spectacle because they hadn't lost in like 42 games or something. So it has been, it's been a big weekend sports-wise. I was jacked to watch WrestleMania. Uh, I know you were watching it with your kid. Mm-hmm. My kids were watching it. I had my dad over here watching it with me. Uh, and I'm still kind of on a high. I Look, man, I'll say it. We did the preview show. I said this was the least anticipated WrestleMania for me since we've been doing the pod. And I'll just be an idiot because, <laughs> you know, I mean, that is true. I wasn't like super hyped about it. But throughout the show, I really, really enjoyed myself last night. I was thoroughly sports entertained. So maybe my hype level for it, I was out to lunch and I, I'm a complete dope because I really enjoyed myself. Uh, Justin, give me your grade for night one. Um, I think I will go a minus because like you said, um, it delivered from top to bottom even the stuff i didn't really care for was at least entertaining in some form uh i mean shoot this is probably the best wrestlemania since 31 or 30 i know 31 hasn't aged well for some people uh but that is something we're gonna have to look at with this one is how it ages and how we look back on it but uh, you know coming out of it um top to bottom great show fun show it's kind of the way i was thinking about it too I, i'm also at an a minus and i was thinking if you look back at the 30s here you know in wrestlemania history and you're, you're thinking about like the most memorable moments 
whether or not 31 has aged well, I still feel like that mania had so many big moments that are stuck in my mind with Brian in the ladder match. Of course, the main event was Seth Cash and Rusev in the tank. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it was a really good show live. 30 obviously was an unbelievable one. I would agree, probably at least so far, the best WrestleMania since 31. And yeah, I'm at an A minus. There's a few things I'll nitpick here and there. But overall, I mean, this is in it's in that it's a low A range for me. Let's see what our listeners were at. I'll share the Twitter poll here. Uh, we're at 101 votes, almost 70% with an A, about 25% with a B, C, D, and F, very small. The trolls coming out as always yeah. for those. But I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely an A B. I put it in that A minus range. I mean, kind of a legendary finish. Some really high notes throughout. We're going to talk about all of it. If you're here in the live chat, let us know your grade for the show as well. Let us know your favorite parts of WrestleMania 39 so far. We'll get you involved. I'll let you know right now the plan is part two. I'll be recapping Monday morning, 9 a.m. Central. We're going to have Jesse Velasquez on the show returning as a guest co-host. We've got some notes on the future of top rope nation and i'll get to that at the very end of the broadcast and we'll we'll talk about what's going on behind the scenes here with the show but let's carry this high forward right now justin so wrestlemania 39 los angeles we had ryan huckman on the preview show he was there so i was texting him throughout he was sending me some pictures just a packed house he said that that sofi stadium is quite the scene inside it's just such a nice stadium i would love to get out there i was kind of personally regretting not going as I was watching this and and seeing all the stuff rolling in this weekend for my friends on Twitter who were out there um yeah we got Mr. Evans in the chat he said an A as well go ahead Justin I mean I was just going to say about about the the production and the look uh, of this Wrestlemania was I mean it was stunning Mm -hmm. and I, I put it in our Facebook thread that you know I this is probably a top 10 you know, stage and stadium production for me, it yeah. just looked amazing. And there's just not too many that compare with it. It fit in all the themes fit in perfectly with Los Angeles. And I love the way as the sun went down, you know, the atmosphere of it kind of changed a little bit and the way the stage looked in the dark was looked even better than in the day. Uh, it kind of reminded me of 31 where once you got to the main event with uh, Brock and Roman, you really got to see what it was supposed to look like the entire time. It kind of blows your mind. But it, yeah, it, just a fantastic, fantastic setup for them this year. Yeah, we were, we were texting about that. I Yeah, if you're thinking of the, or I think actually this was in the Facebook group, wasn't it? You made that point. Uh, you think about the greatest stages in Mania history, and I loved the setup. It like kind of looked like the Oscars, you know, with the steps mm-hmm. on the side. Super tall as well mm-hmm. um i don't think any of them they've had you know of late in texas have been super memorable it's just no. always like the big star like you know, yeah they're bland really much for me yeah um new york was pretty good 35 but it no no out Thir- super for me no 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 Thir- 35 was garbage it was just was one it? giant screen it Did had have, like, n- the skyscrapers had- or something i thought that, oh okay that was 29 Oh, that was 29. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. thought you were talking about 35. 35 was a bottom five for me. That was trash. Okay. So yeah, unimaginative. Um, but I mean, I will always have a special place in my heart for 34. I thought that mm-hmm. looked fantastic. Obviously, 33 is an all-timer. Yeah. Um, Roller coaster. 
32 is great. as well. Yeah. Yeah. 30, not 32. Yeah. 30 as Oh, yeah. Well, 32 is addition. just like the other Texas one. It's so bland. Yeah. 17, but, we talked about on the classic yep. show that we yep. just did. Uh, I, you know, yeah. 20 is, is always going to be a favorite for me. 18. No, no, eighteen. No, uh, it was just big. It was just scaffolding. It was bad. It looked cool though. I no, think. No, it was bad. No, no, yeah. And then you get into the old ones. They don't really compare to modern day. Like seventeen was the. F- We'd say you said this on the the classic spot. Seventeen was kind of the first of the modern because they had like the colored spotlights and mm-hmm. everything, and totally changed the way they shot these shows and even weekly TV moving forward. So yeah, I would say I top ten. They tried finessing things up a little at 15 where they had the giant logo hanging down that rock and Austin fought into. But yeah, that was kind of the first, uh, unique thing they ever did. I'd say with WrestleMania entrances, but yeah, this, mm-hmm. this one was, was fantastic. I found myself whenever I'd get bored with matches, I just found myself like looking in the background at everything. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. All right, so they open with John Cena and Austin Theory, just like we thought they would. Um, I guess they announced it then, too. So uh, we had some debate on the preview show about what they would do here. You you raised a great scenario with, you know, Cena actually winning and then bringing back the open challenge and possibly debuting Jay White. Unfortunately, that's not going to be the case because uh, Austin Theory got the win and, you know, a lot made in the buildup to this match of were they building it right with the John Cena promo where he totally buried Austin Theory. And, you know, I said when we talked about that on the show a few weeks ago that in order to overcome that, you would need Theory with a dominant victory. You know, you would need Cena showing him respect, you know, something to overcome that. And in the end, what you got was a cheap heel victory that I don't really think does anything. And then he had a promo later in the show that was like backstage, really short and to the point, really didn't do anything. So I don't think that Austin Theory gained anything from this whatsoever. It wasn't a very good match. It was very basic. John hasn't wrestled a singles match since SummerSlam 21, I believe. It shows. So, yeah, he was, dude, he was blown up by the time he got to the ring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did his usual like, run down the aisle but he was really gingerly doing the run uh and then when he got there yeah it was just started out with some chain wrestling but i mean you give me your thoughts it was, it was pretty basic paint by numbers yeah to your point I, I didn't really care for it all that much um it was kind of the most paint by numbers basic version of this match you could have possibly done it just felt cheap with i mean obviously austin theory is a heel but i don't think that the way he won is going to get him any heat. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to have him win, at least make it a squash. But in the same respects, man, when they had the Make-A-Wish kids come out for John Cena's entrance, I was like, you can't have Cena lose now. Let him win. Let him do my scenario. <laughs> right. Yeah, that is, that's one of my nitpicks with the show. Well, not even a nitpick. I kind of like a big thing is it kind of sucks to do that. You know, it was cool to see John Cena out there in the first match, see him mm-hmm. return. The Make-A-Wish kids thing was a, a good moment, but then like, oh man, the guy's going to lose after all of that. So yeah, I wouldn't say bad match, but it just doesn't really do anything for Austin theory moving forward. I don't think so. Yes, we did give the show an a just wait, it gets better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically if you look through what happened in the match, it's theory, he's younger, he's quicker, he's more athletic. Cena, he's the experienced veteran. 
so like early on <laughs> before Cena was tired, he's out wrestling uh, theory back and forth. Uh, eventually they get going a little bit faster and we get uh, a blockbuster, a shotgun drop kick out of theory. Uh, but eventually it was kind of like theory tried to do too much. And then Cena comes back. Uh, he gets him in the STF uh, theory, then tried to escape that by biting Cena, which is, I guess a nice little touch uh, theory comes back, um, but not for very long. And, Cena counters that with an attitude adjustment attempt. Theory gets out of that. Um, then John gets him up again for an attitude adjustment. Could see this one coming a mile away. They run into the referee. Uh, the referee goes down. Cena puts him in the STF. Theory's tapping out, but of course, no referee. So uh, Cena lets go of the hold, and he like celebrates momentarily like he's won. It's like, John, are you new at this? Did you, did you hear the bell ring? Did you see the referee? Uh, so he lets go of the hold, and then this allows Theory to come up and uh, give Cena a low blow, hit the A-Town down cover for the victory. So it was a clean pin after the illegal low blow. And, uh, I mean, yeah, this is the most basic way to do a heel beating a baby face. Doesn't really make him look particularly impressive, and that was that. I You know... Gosh, I saw this on Twitter and I wish I could give the person their their proper due. Um, but they made a great point as to maybe why this didn't work is that John Cena has about a 21 year wrestling career, which makes it seven years older than Austin Theory would probably be interested in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Let's <laughs> not go down that route. That's so bad. It's so bad. That's almost as bad as the Rick Steiner stuff. Oh, oh both real what a, bad. What a prick. Seriously. Boy, talk about doing something smart and not giving Braun that last name. Mm, no kidding. In the end, maybe Braun Breaker was the correct move. Yep. <laughs> God. Yeah. All right. The less said about Rick Steiner, the better. All right. Yeah. So after this match, they go into the showcase match. Justin, this is the uh, the annual get everyone on the show match. Braun Strowman and Ricochet taking on the Street Profits, taking on Alpha Academy, taking on the Viking Raiders. And I'll just call this out right away. I thought nice touch. Angelo Dawkins had the white and red Ken Griffey Jr. sneakers on. That was really mm. cool. Notice the 24 on the side. Yeah. The uh, the fourth highest paid person on the Cincinnati Reds this season, Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Love those factoids in baseball when that stuff comes up. Bobby Bonilla, all of that. Um, Yeah, so I thought that this was fun. You know, again, the, the stakes weren't really there, but they allowed everyone showcase match to showcase <laughs> what they can do in the ring. You know, they got all the high spots in. You got your typical Tower of Doom spot that you would expect. Um, there was a point early in the match where Chad Gable did this, like, roll through German suplex on Braun Strowman. That was, that was really awesome. Yeah, that was incredible. That was probably the first time on this event where I kind of popped. I was like, holy shit. That, that was really cool. Uh, you you know, you got Strowman around the outside taking out everybody like he does. Um, you had Ivar with a moonsault. Um, Strowman did a splash off the top rope. Um, let's see when Strowman was on the outside, he was barreling through everybody. Um, he ran into Dawkins who was kind of waiting for him around a corner. 
right after that, Ricochet hit a springboard shooting star to the outside, which was an unbelievable move visually. Uh, he hits a, a, a second shooting star back in the ring onto Dawkins, but Dawkins gets his knees up. Then uh, Dawkins holds Ricochet in place for uh, Montez Ford to hit a frog splash to Ricochet's back. And then Dawkins rolled up Ricochet for the victory. So, I mean, again, it was what it was. It's a showcase match. These guys got to show what they can do in the ring. Doesn't really mean anything moving forward, but kind of a fun spectacle. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on this one? Yeah. Uh, Like you said at the beginning of the show, I was sports entertained by this. Uh, The fun little bit for me was uh, right now my kid is super getting into pro wrestling. And, you know, with every match, he wants to know you know, who my favorite is, who I'm rooting for, who the good guy is, who the bad guy is. And so I told him, you know, it's like, well, I'm rooting for Montez Ford. He's my favorite in this match. And towards the end of it, I had to help uh, get the baby ready to to get to bed. So I actually missed the ending. But while I'm in there changing them, all of a sudden my kid comes running in all excited. He's like, dad, your favorite wrestler won. Your favorite wrestler won. So he, he pulled, <laughs> he made me come out and watch like the, the replays of it. So. <laughs> That was a lot of fun, and he was into it, which was which was cool to see. I my big question out of this is, I saw people online talking like this, you know, quote unquote showcase really worked, and they'd like to see it going forward. Do you like this better than the Andre the Giant Battle Royal? Um, you know, I understand that you know doing it this way, you can kind of create more spots that'll pop the crowd, but. Uh, just curious as to what your thoughts would be going forward. Yeah, that's a good question. I think at this point I do because the Andre thing was so devalued. I mean, they can yeah. rebrand it, I guess. I think, I think I do just in general because I feel like battle royals are so played out. If it's not the Royal Rumble, I think it's really hard to get anybody to invest that it actually means anything. You can have the trophy and everything, but. I mean, they booked it like you would think, like it, it didn't mean anything. So mm-hmm. this doesn't mean anything either, but I exactly. think, but I think it's easier for people to your point, like to showcase their moves and get over with the crowd. I think the crowd's always going to be more into this kind of a match, a modern crowd, at least. Now, if this was like the eighties or the early nineties, yeah, the battle Royal thing would probably get over. I mean, go back to those early WrestleManias when they would, when they would do that. I mean, you know, Brett smashing the trophy with bad news and all of that in that that got the crowd into it a little bit more. Um, but you know, that was before the rumble and everything took off. Yeah. So yeah, I think for a modern crowd, this is probably the right move. You know, we can joke around about it. I'll just get everyone on the card. Like I said, doesn't mean anything, but the live crowd likes it. The kids like it to your point. Um, I was watching it with my kids too, and they, they really liked it too. So it, it was, it was fun. I, yeah, I have if, no complaints. If the Andre, the giant battle Royal actually had stakes that mattered. If the winner got like a, shot at the tile or something like that. I would prefer that. But if, if my, my options are these two matches and both of them don't really mean anything, probably go with the the tag team match. Yeah. And it was short too. I mean, it's like an eight and a half minute match. Mm-hmm. They packed a lot into those eight and a half minutes. Uh, Cena in theory was a little over 11 minutes. Um, the next one we're going to talk about. So Rollins and Logan Paul followed this up. They get a little bit over 16 minutes and, so like I I'm watching this with my dad. He doesn't watch WWE that much, but he'll come over for big shows. And he was even oh, a little fam- yeah. <laughs> he was familiar with who Logan Paul is. Um but he was like, "Yeah, doesn't this guy like do boxing or something or isn't he on YouTube?" And 
Um, he thought it was a little odd that this guy could go toe to toe with Seth Rollins, you know, like an established wrestler. And I was explaining he's been really good in the ring, but also what's that say about WWE developmental with their, <laughs> with their wrestlers, as we talked about on the show, where this guy can mm-hmm. come in and have just a handful of matches and be one of the most exciting on the card. But he is very good. It's it's interesting, though, you're in this weird dynamic where ideally you would bring a new wrestler in and they would beat people and they would work their way up the card. But when it's a celebrity, you can't do that. You have to make use of that celebrity and put them in there with a big star. And then you get into the scenario where it's like, God, he shouldn't be beating Seth Rollins, right? And so he doesn't typically win, but he wows you with his ability. And eventually he's going to have to start getting some victories. We didn't think it would happen here. It didn't. They had a really good match. Um, it started out <laughs> kind of odd. Well, so it was like, yeah, I was going to go through the entrances. Go ahead. I was just going to say, going back to like people being upset that he hasn't had any or, you know, really any wins yet. Like, but look at who his losses are against, Yeah, you know, top, I mean, it, talent, it's at yeah. the, the, the top, top guys. So I'm yeah. not too worried about that. And apparently yeah. his contract was up uh, after this show anyway. So who knows what we'll see from him going forward. Yeah. So he comes out and he's basically like mocking Sean's WrestleMania 12 reference or something. Cause he's like entrance because he's coming down on the zip line, like super slow motion uh, this guy comes out in a protein or energy drink outfit with him standing at ringside, you know, so you know it's somebody in there who's going to get involved. Um, Seth comes out, as always, you know, big, larger-than-life outfit, uh, crowd singing his entrance theme, as they always do. They had a uh, conductor conducting the crowd. I'm sure some of that was piped in. I wish <laughs> that I, w- I, w- I wish they could have gotten uh, Kate Blanchett for that, you know, <laughs> just reprise her role from Tar, which was a yes. good movie. Everybody, you know what bothered me about like for number one, I hate the singing thing. Yeah, I, I, I that seems to be a substitute for somebody actually being over. Mm-hmm. But it, I wish they would have just had that conductor come out, and it sounded like he could have actually got the crowd to sing along with it. You know, but yeah. then they had to do the piped in stuff. And I, I think it would have actually been kind of neat if they would have just let that conductor get the entire stadium going. Yeah. Like pointing at the different sections. You guys go and mm-hmm. like they would have done it for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not a, a huge into the singing thing either, but boy, the dude is way over <laughs> whether or not it's odd since we're Iowans and like this is my least favorite version of Seth Rollins uh, ever, but crowd so likes obnoxious. it. So, you know, whatever. But yeah, once once they get going here, they have we expected it. We said on the preview mm-hmm. they would have a good match. Uh Logan Paul has always impressed us when he's been in the ring. And that was no different here, WrestleMania 39. So um, I mean, early on he was doing all kinds of stuff, totally, you know, showing his athleticism, hit the buckshot lariat again, like he always does. Um, he did a standing moonsault, he's springboarding off the ropes. Uh, you could tell like this guy, I don't know what they're going to do with his contract, but they can get a lot more out of him. I mean, he is kind of made for wrestling. I'm glad that they've leaned into the heel stuff with him because this crowd was never going to cheer Logan Paul. So this is a much better presentation of him, I think, now than than early on in the in the run. Um, but yeah, he uh, let's see. What else do I got? Yeah, for a while, it was like they're going back and forth. Rollins was trying to respond, but like Paul was hitting him with everything and Rollins could never get a long-term advantage early in the match. Um, eventually, 
uh, Logan Paul goes up top and uh, Rollins counters. He hits three suicide dives on a row to the outside on Logan Paul. Uh, he goes for a pedigree, but he gets hit by a punch by Logan Paul for a two count. Uh, Rollins comes back with a power bomb, another near fall. At this point in time, we get the mascot on the outside dressed up in this prime drink outfit. He, uh, he yanks Paul out of the ring to save him. And they reveal that he is KSI. And I had no idea who KSI was. I had nothing. That <laughs> meant absolutely nothing to me. And, I, and it's I, funny. Uh, love Jesse with all my heart and soul. But I posted in the Facebook group that, you know, who is KSI? That was a rhetorical question. I didn't care. <laughs> but Je- Jesse actually answered me. Yeah. Bless his heart. I said better than KSA. Maybe that's who Vince <laughs> thought was getting involved. And that's why he signed off on it. But no, not the kingdom over here of Saudi Arabia. You know, this guy, I guess he's a social media star. I think if you're a teenager, you know who he is. But I'm, I'm out of the loop. I had no idea who he was. But he did get a reaction from the crowd when he took off the mask at first. I thought it was Ron Killings at first. <laughs> you know, yeah, just the way he was reacting like with the yeah. facial reaction stuff. And you could only see him a little bit. Um, but yeah, eventually you get KSI and Logan Paul taking out Rollins. They put him across the announce table on the outside. Rollins is laying there. Logan goes up top. And then at the last second, Rollins yanks KSI under the table, just as Logan Paul is coming off the top rope. And Paul, like in midair, even kind of reacted to this facially, which was really good. Mm -hmm. And he just flies through the table. That was a, a really good spot. Um, they go back into the ring. Rollins hits a pedigree. I figured that was it. Paul kicked out from that. And I was wondering, maybe that should have been the end. Because, I mean, that it seemed at the time like that was the apex of the match. That high spot to the outside, pedigree. I'm like, ooh, boy, I don't know. But I was wrong because they kept the momentum after this. Um, so <clears throat> we then have Paul come back. And he hits a GTS on Rollins. He hits a frog splash. But, a lot of frog splashes on this show. Yeah. A lot yes. of them. Yeah, he, he did a pretty good frog splash. Um, but then in the end, what happens is Rollins hits Logan with a super kick as he was coming off the top rope. And then he finally sets up the curb stomp and he gets the victory. So, boy, I mean, this is solid stuff, Justin. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? No, I entertaining match. Um Really, my kid was actually rooting for Logan Paul for some reason. I, I couldn't quite oh, no. get an explanation out of him. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. One of the few guys on the roster who actually sweats in these big matches. So I dug it. You were commenting on the sweating going on, weren't you? Yeah, it's great. It's good to see. Yeah. So they roll on from this into the women's six woman match. You got Becky, Lita. Trish Stratus taking on damage control. When that Lita song hit, I was ready to hit mute. Man, we were talking about this in our <laughs> in our Facebook group with uh, the the we we're talking the best entrance music of all time. And I gotta tell you, man, Lita's theme is among the worst goddamn theme songs of all time. I cannot stand the vocals when that thing comes on. It is just 
screeching at my eardrums. Oh, so bad. Luckily, it wasn't very long, though, because she got this brief entrance onto the stage. You know, then Trish made her entrance onto the stage. And then out comes Becky and all three of them walk to the ring. Um, any thoughts on the entrances, Justin? I missed them. I I missed actually probably the first half of this match because it was, it was bedtime for the kiddo. Yeah. So early in the match, damage control is basically, you know, they're working heel. They're mocking their opponents, the Hall of Famers. Um, at one point in time, damage control like corners Lita and they start kind of bullying her for a long stretch before Stratus gets in and cleans house. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Hall of Fame women here, they, they worked pretty well together. I, th- I thought, um, you know, definitely not the ideal spot for a Becky Lynch to be in a match like this, but I'm sure she was eating it up being out yeah. there with people that she grew up idolizing. So, um, yeah, eventually we saw Lita and Becky launch Stratus into a head scissors on the outside, which was a good spot, uh, which tossed Dakota Kai into her, her teammates. Um, then there was a point where they did a, uh, homage to the Hardy boys as the tag champs did, uh, the old team extreme spot where they did the poetry in motion, top rope, leg drop combination. Uh, probably the highlight for damage control was when, uh, EO sky cleared the entire field with a moonsault to the outside. Uh, and then in the end, basically they got all the spots in for the baby faces. Stratus hit the, the chick kick, Lita hit her moonsault. And then, uh, Becky Lynch gave Bailey the manhandle slam off the corner for the victory. So, I mean, always good to see some of the legends come back and not look like they're just going through the motions, but like they can still hang. And I thought, uh, Trish and Lita were pretty solid here. So yeah, tr- fun match. Trish, I hope next Trish year Becky especially looked something. great. Yes, she did. There was a lot of comments, <laughs> including in our Facebook group, about Trish Stratus and uh, how good she looked out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, hopefully next year you get Becky Lynch in a more prime spot on the card. But you no, know, this is obviously something that was fun for her. And I'm sure she had a good time with it. So rolling on, Ray Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. If you had told me six months ago how into this match I would be, Justin. <laughs> I would have never believed you ever. We have been really critical of Dominic Mysterio on this podcast. I think rightfully so at times, but it doesn't mean mm-hmm. the kid can't improve that his character can improve. And with that said, Justin, your thoughts on this one going in. Boy, to your point, I don't know if anybody has, has done as much of a U-turn for me and my fandom of them than Dom Mysterio. I mean, that whole go into jail angle has just done wonders for his character. And, and he has really embraced it in a, a really fun way. Yeah. So, I, you know, talk about this match, those entrances for both guys, just chef's kiss. Perfect. Uh, Mysterio coming in to, it starts off with uh, what was it? What Snoop Dogg song was that crap? Now it slips my mind, but I was shocked. You know, they, you know, paid the royalty fees or whatever to have that play during WrestleMania. That goes right into gin and juice. Wasn't it? Was it? Okay. Yeah. And then that, that goes right into Eddie's theme song. Yes. And then into, to Ray's theme song, just beautiful. Even Dom's entrance was incredible to him coming out in the paddy wagon in Ray Mysterio's mask and just, yeah, I can't say enough about it. It was just great. 
yeah, the entrances are unbelievable. I got chills when Eddie's song came on. That was so cool to hear. And yeah, Dominic like getting escorted out by the cops and like even the video they pre-made was pretty cool. The only nitpick on that was, you know, they showed up going from the jail into into the the van or bus or whatever and then they bring that into the venue. I'm not sure where he got the uh <laughs> the big coats and mask from, but yeah, he had that <laughs> on all of a sudden. But it looked really cool visually. He was great facially, you know, coming yeah. out, just yeah. a total heel look to him, crowd booing the crap out of him, got lots of really good heat here. I think, and they played up this angle pretty much perfectly in, in the way mm-hmm. they've they've gotten Ray's wife and Aaliyah involved and everything. And then they're out there ringside again, playing into this match. The spot where Dominic threw the drink on Aaliyah, that was played off so well. I mean, you know, I'm sure they knew this was going to happen, but she was legit looks stunned and then she's like jumping over trying to get at him and stuff and when they showed it on the replay slow-mo she did not react to that drink coming in her face until like it was there it looked like mm-hmm. she was legit shocked it happened and yeah uh, i love that spot that was a great way to turn the match into dom's favor yeah so you're Real- looking at go ahead mm, never mind i'll save it till after the match go ahead okay yeah so going in into everything that happened here uh so Early on, it was basically like Ray was just kind of toying with his son early on. Uh, you know, uh, at one point he takes off his belt. He spanks Dominic with it. The crowd loved that. Um, eventually, Dominic comes back, distracts Ray a little bit, gets the advantage. This is where you have the drink spot on the outside. Um, Ray's trying to restrain Aaliyah, and then Dominic attacks him from behind. Uh, Dominic continued to antagonize his family. Eventually, his mom gave him a slap across the face, and then Ray hits a 619. Seems like the match is going to be over, but then out comes the judgment day. Um, but then comes the old LWO. They have reunited. <laughs> uh, Legato del Fantasma comes out, and now we've got even odds. Uh, Dominic gives his father uh, the 619 himself. Could I not think get it- the three count. I think it happened before this, but that I don't even know what you call it, but where Ray charged Dom and he did like some sort of like reverse monkey flip thing that sent Ray face first into the bottom turnbuckle. That was a thing of beauty. What a great spot that was. Vicious looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's right. It was nothing but a G thing that went into the Eddie theme. Uh, Mr. Evans had that correct in the chat. Yeah, so then we move on, and uh, let's see, where am I at? Yeah, so then Dominic gets a steel chain out, and he's going to end the match this way. Uh, But then Bad Bunny, who was doing guest announcing at the Spanish announce table, and I was wondering, he's got to get involved here, right? And so he's sitting ringside. He comes up. He gets the chain away from Dominic, and at that point, Ray comes back, hits the 619, and a top rope frog splash for the win. This could not have been much better. When you look at you know how long Dominic's been in the industry, he's improved a lot. His dad doing everything he can here to make him look like a million bucks. You got the star power with Bad Bunny. You got the factions getting involved. You got the families here. Thoroughly sports entertained again, Justin Joint. Yeah, this is definitely one of those matches where I am sure they had the entire match laid out beat by beat. And mm-hmm. sometimes when you watch those kind of matches, they can feel a little uh, contrived. But this one was just 
executed perfectly and, and, and flowed really well. You know, hats off to both guys. It was a tremendous match. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what other thought did you have that you were saving for? Well, later? so I think one of the big reasons, well, actually, no, I'm going to start here. This was after those entrances. I was mm-hmm. in such a happy place with, you know, enjoying this WrestleMania. And those entrances were so good that, you know, I, I poured a nice glass of Talisker. And by the end of this match, I was ordering that new stunning Steve television <laughs> champion action figure. You guys, which, if you're not in this Facebook group, Please get in there. We had such a fun live thread going, and we'll do it again tonight. But yeah, Justin had thrown out, did I see a stunning Steve Austin figure in one of these promo packages? And so then I posted the link to it. Like, Justin, you have to buy this. And he's like, maybe tonight after I've had enough drinks. And he ended up ordering it. Yes, indeed. Yep. Now the question is, like, how do I hide it from my kid so he doesn't ruin it? <laughs> Dude, it's an awesome figure. The, the classic <sighs> red TV title yes. from WCW you got the big robe on him. You've got the the like splatter paint tights. Uh, man, good stuff. Um, so the bad thing, the thing that I think kept me from giving this show anything higher than an A minus, it probably dropped it from like an A to a minus. And this is kind of a dumb thing, maybe just something that bothers me, is all the sponsorship bullshit that every yeah. match had to have a sponsor. And you, you know, you have these great entrances with Dom and Ray. And then you have all this just cinnamon bad toast cinnamon crunch, toast yeah. crunch. Wasn't there even like a, a guy out there dr- dressed like a cinnamon yes. toast crunch? I don't even know what you call that. I think I noticed it when like Ray had the cool entrance and so yeah. emotional with Eddie and stuff. And then all of a sudden he gets the ring and then he's like so serious. And then he walks past this guy with the cinnamon toast crunch out of it. Like, come on, man. And then all <laughs> around me all out of it, you know, on the on, on the electronic boards all around the ring, it's just these little cinnamon toast crunch guys yeah. kind of. I don't, know, I don't know. How do you watch this again and not be kind of distracted <laughs> by that? That's true. Um, but then, you know, and that leads directly into uh, basically a, a tourism uh, commercial for Puerto Rico being that, you know, backlash is going to be there, which I'm fine with is just, it was obviously something that they probably paid them to put on the show, but yeah. And to, to that point, Brandon in the chat here, Evans saying, uh, Mark my booking, Damian Priest and Dominic versus Ray and Bad Bunny, which makes a lot of sense yeah. at WrestleMania Works Backlash in Puerto Rico. I, I definitely can see that being the case for sure. They set it up here with the finish. All right. SmackDown women's title. Justin, going in, I think my only deep thoughts on this match were righting the wrongs from three years ago. Mm-hmm. Rhea Ripley has to win this match. We all felt that way on the preview show. Uh, totally miscast with yes. Rhea being the heel and sh- Charlotte should never be a baby face. She's always going to get booed. Maybe really late in her career. People will give her like the respect cheers or whatever. She's not there yet. And from the on, like from the entrances, you could tell, like I told my dad who wasn't familiar with the characters really of, you know, who's baby, who, baby face, who's a heel that Rhea's definitely going to get cheered here. And, He's like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, just listen. And then when Rhea came out, he's like, oh, yep, (laughs) you're right. And then Charlotte comes out and there's some cheers, but like mostly boos. And so uh, Huffman, who was in the crowd, he's texting me and he's like, oh, you're like overwhelmingly this crowd is for Rhea Ripley, just like we thought it would be. And early, that was a little bit of a struggle because of the miscast and the match felt a little cold the first few minutes. But Justin, this ended up turning Ooh. into one of the best women's matches in this company's history, most likely. Like it was 
by the end, the crowd was biting on everything. They were so hot. They had them in the palm of their hands. This was an excellent match. Yeah, I mean, I I put it in the the, the Facebook group. I you know foot and mouth. You know, hats yeah. off to these ladies. They they completely won me over because the first third of the match, which I will stand by, I thought was pretty boring. And part of that, to mm-hmm. your point, just could be because they were trying to figure out this match and the crowd was trying to figure out this match because everybody wanted Rhea to win. Uh, and Charlotte really had a, a boo-boo face coming out. And yeah, I think you could tell in which maybe that was just bad surgery. Who knows? Uh, but they beat the ever living crap out of each other. And this, yeah. you know, we talk about all the time about matches where you can kind of tell it's choreographed and they're trying to find their spots. This was a fight. Uh, mm-hmm. between these two ladies and they won me over and this would be my match of the night. Yeah, I would, I would have a hard time arguing with you. Uh, I mean, the, the main event was fun. We'll get to that here in just a second, but this is a hell of a match. I mean, we were reacting to everything. Of course, watching with my daughters, they're always into the women's matches. I mean, they were super into this. <laughs> it's kind of funny. My oldest daughter, she was watching this almost like we would. She was starting to like analyze the matches. And mm. after this, she she turned to me and she's like, Dad, I think that was the match of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, then my second oldest daughter is four. She was just, when I looked over her, she had a, just a very serious face on her. <laughs> just analyzing everything that was happening. But she was into it the whole time. Yeah, this is one I would, I would go back and watch again. I always say when I grade the shows, if I'm going to go A, there's got to be something really memorable or something that I would rewatch. And mm-hmm. I would rewatch this match. It was that good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Rhea's fallen short against Charlotte in the past. This is finally time for Charlotte to get her comeuppance. You know, you got Ripley showing off her strength, uh, you know, how smart she is now, even as a heel, to uh, overcome Charlotte throughout the match. Uh, you know, Charlotte got her spots in. Um, but overall, to me, the story was like Rhea was just very confident in everything that she did. Um, at one point in time, it looked like Flair was like on her way to maybe retaining and they got the crowd to bite on that a little bit. Uh, she countered the riptide into a spike DDT, but Ripley kicked out um, late. I mean, it's near falls, big moves back and forth. Um, at one point, Ripley hit a German suplex that charlotte took like right on her nose and she had like a mat burn (laughs) on the bridge of her nose that was bleeding after that and they showed it in slow-mo afterwards and it was she literally landed on her nose justin man that that was the moment where this match had my full attention that i was not going to be taking my eyes off this match for any reason yeah no uh yeah and so they they go just under 24 minutes it was pretty close to the same amount of time the main event got so they let them get out there and do the spots um flair hit some moonsault to the outside you know like she always does off the top rope didn't connect as usual very much <laughs> she <laughs> took most of that herself uh they get back in the ring Rhea turns the tide she hits a headbutt and a riptide um she drops flair like face first on top of the corner post and then hits a top rope riptide for the victory, which, I mean, Charlotte sold that corner post spot so well. I mean, she was yeah. like dead, just laying there motionless across the top rope, head on top of the post. Yeah, she climbs up there. The riptide off the top visually looked stunning, really good. And crowd popped huge for Rhea's victory. 
I mean, this is a uh, boy. I don't even want to, I have to rewatch it to give it a, a yeah, definite grade. But I mean, this it's probably coming in like it's over four for me. It, it might be in like that four and a quarter, four and a half area. It was, it was very, very good. We had in the chat, uh, Kervin said they got 24 minutes. Can Bianca and Asuka top this match? No, I don't think so. Okay. There, there, there's <laughs> I mean, two it, things. Yeah. There's two things. Number one is, you know, we just watch what is arguably, you know, the greatest women's match in company history. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's probably easily in the top five, at least top 10. And so just the chances of, you know, two nights in a row, you're going to have one that tops that. But also there's the the builds, which you yes. know, I didn't think the Flair Rhea build was all that great, but it was significantly better than Bianca Asuka. And the other thing is, is that everybody wanted to see Rhea get this big win back from when she lost to Charlotte before. And there's the other factor of Charlotte always seems to get those wins when it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like that Hogan must pose things like Hogan's got to win because Hogan's got to win. That's the way Vince likes it. And you hear those rumor rumors that Vince is back. You could have easily seen a scenario where they just let Charlotte win again. So there's just so much going against it. I'm not saying it can't be a good match, but to top it, I, I would say is darn near impossible. You hit it from all that. Excellently said everything right, can, about it. Yeah. Can I one final thought on this match? I got, I, I do have a nitpick. Okay. I, I was just going to say real quick that mm-hmm. I think the X factor is exactly what you said with the history here that doesn't play into Bianca. I mean, I think emotionally they can have an outstanding match. I'm sure they will have an outstanding match tonight, Bianca and Asuka but they're not going to have the exact same emotional strings attached to it because of the history from three years ago. And you make a great point. The result was always kind of, you're questioning it a little bit because Charlotte always wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think you're wanting them to right the wrongs, but knowing how Charlotte's been booked, that's the X factor that made this so exciting. And it made everybody bite on the near fall so much. I mean, logically you go in and you're thinking there's no way Rhea Ripley can lose this match after what they did three years ago how it stunted her momentum. Now she's got this momentum back. They can't possibly do it again, right? But it's like, oh, but it's Charlotte Flair. And so then you're like, you're so worried, you know, watching those near falls at the end. And that's what made it so good and put it a notch above. I think no matter how athletically solid Bianca and Asuka can be, it can't quite hit on the emotional level that this one did. Yeah, go ahead. So my one nitpick is... Of course, we have this wonderful moment of Rhea winning, you know, holding up the title, fireworks, blah, blah, blah. But then Charlotte still seemingly, and maybe she was instructed to do this, but it really felt like she still had to make it about herself. And I was like, kept getting shots of her smiling and clapping and patting her heart. And, you know, even I think when they they move to go to the next segment it was a shot of charlotte with Rhea in the background it's like that's kind of gross let let Rhea actually have her fucking moment charlotte sorry my daughter is yelling at me from the door <laughs> um just a second buddy i'm almost done <laughs> no yeah i mean it's like you're seeing charlotte smiling and she's so happy it's like come on nobody's gonna cheer they're they're really going in on this baby face thing yeah nice she's happy for it we're still not gonna cheer you you know like the fans are still not gonna cheer you in this scenario so all right after this it seemed as though they wanted to do a cool down segment 
And I understand why, because traditionally this is how they've laid out cards. But, you know, out comes The Miz coming out with Snoop Dogg. And eventually uh, Snoop tells The Miz, they get down to the ring, says the only thing better than this massive attendance number they've done tonight would be if The Miz had a match. And so then you're then you're like, okay, is Snoop challenging Miz to a match? Like, what's <laughs> happening here? Miz agrees to it, uh, and out comes Pat McAfee. Ugh. Okay, <laughs> this I mean, this does absolutely nothing for me to see Pat McAfee and the, and the Miz wrestle here. I was hoping it's WrestleMania. You know, as a fan, you're hoping, okay, maybe there's some big star who's going to come out and confront the Miz. Maybe Austin's going to come out. Maybe The Rock's going to come out. Pat McAfee, mm, really? I mean, that this was is a what we're going to do here. Me. Yeah, I don't know. he he just doesn't strike me as like he has the the oomph of being a, a surprise opponent at a WrestleMania. Yeah, not in not in this spot, really. So the highlight for me was that um, George Kittle was ringside. <laughs> you know that I guess that was kind of cool to see George Kittle get involved. He's pretty famous for being a huge wrestling fan he always wears like vintage wwf shirts in his post-game press conferences for the 49ers so it was cool to see him get involved a little bit um but uh yeah so like mcafee gets out there and miz is like oh no 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 he's trying to back out of wrestling an announcer this is a former world champion by the way in the miz um but uh anyways we get the match going mcafee takes the fight to him right away Hits a lot of, uh, you know, his typical spots he runs through in his matches, including a, a backflip uh, from the top rope. Uh, Graves is like telling the Miz to take the fight to him. Uh, Miz tries to leave. And this is when George Kittle at ringside. Can you see? Can you hear my kids yelling? Mm-hmm. Out there? <laughs> George Kittle is getting involved. Um, the Miz shoves Kittle and then George Kittle jumps the guardrail and he gives a clothesline to uh the miz and then mcafee hits a swanton from the top rope onto the miz on the outside he landed like flat on his back did not barely get caught at all i'm sure he's hurting from that one today uh miz gets tossed back into the ring and mcafee hits his punt to get the pinfall yeah i don't know man it's cool to see you know george kittle like i said Second biggest wrestling fan to ever attend Cedar Falls High School here in Iowa, George Kittle. Hey, being myself. <laughs> I, my favorite part of the match was uh, McAfee being flustered when uh, Kittle wasn't cooperating with like having his arm raised with McAfee at the end of the match. He was like, yeah. uh, the ref obviously said, you know, hey, go get him. We're supposed to have this moment. And McAfee's just like, eh, screw it. Let him just stand yeah. up on the ring post. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the more they can get Kittle involved in this kind of stuff, the better. We know he's been to he's been to shows before. He's got a lot of star power right now in the NFL. Loves to flaunt his his wrestling fandom. And yeah, like I said, he went to the high school I went to for like a year before he went off to the Iowa Hawkeyes. And not the same age; he's much younger than me. But uh, played for the Hawkeyes, and yeah, you know, great NFL player. So get him involved as much as possible. But in in this spot, I would have probably liked to have seen them to what you said, Justin. To me at the time carry the momentum from that women's match Mm -hmm. right into the main event it felt like there was an energy that could have carried over into a a hot main event which was still hot but a lot of people say well you need the 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 pee break but it's like Mm -hmm. that's not always how they used to do it it's like we just reviewed x7 
that show built and built and built with the big matches to where you got to the main event. And I think they could have done that here. Now, there are times when you have a match like Ray and Charlotte where it could negatively affect the main event. You want that little buffer in between them. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case when your main event is a match that everybody's going to get into no matter what happens before it. So I that, it took me out of it a little bit. And the one other thing that I, I hope you will add uh, before we move on from this match is your your bit of your favorite Corey Graves commentary that he's ever had. And he'll probably never, ever top for you. <laughs> yes. He, he was, wasn't that when he was coming out McAfee and he was like, oh no, it's Aaron Rodgers' personal propaganda machine. That was, <laughs> that was really good. I got to give it to Corey Graves. <laughs> that, was, that was an excellent line. Excellent, excellent line. Yeah. You know, you get that drama out of Aaron Rodgers and he always carries it over to Pat McAfee's show. That's where you find out the news for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was, that was funny. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers' personal propaganda machine. That was the quote. Good stuff. All right. The main event, and I'm very, very glad, by the way, that this was the main event. I mean, even as good and, yeah, probably match of the night, Rhea and Charlotte was, it, going in, you could not have made that the main event. And, Just you know, the build. Yeah. there's a chance that we don't get that same match from those ladies True. if they're the main event. I'm, I'm sure they were trying to show out to say, hey, yeah. we should have been the main event. Excellent point. Excellent point. Yeah. So undisputed tags, Usos against Sami Zayn and Owens. I mean, the result was seemingly never in dispute of what they would have to do here. But even so, the crowd's into it. You know, they're they're biting on falls throughout. Um, right away, right away, they go to Sami and Jay Uso. I mean, they they start things out, I believe, at the, at the beginning. So you know, they're they're chomping at that emotional bit between the history of these two. Um, Zayn's getting some offense in early. But uh, eventually the Usos start taking him down and they start getting the heat working over Sammy. Uh, you get Owens with the hot tag. He lays out Jimmy Uso uh, ringside. He takes out Jay Uso in the ring with a frog splash. Crowd is super hot at this point. But, you know, every single thing that they do, they're I, popping for. Uh, I kind of disagree. Really? I had a little bit of a hard time getting into this match because I thought the crowd was kind of dead for the first portion of it. And going back to, sorry, one more time, Ray and Charlotte, mm-hmm. where, you know, Charlotte's been in this position where she seems to win all the time, especially when it makes zero sense with, you know, the Rhea match at 36 and Asuka at 34, where I was buying into every near fall in that match. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, especially in the middle portion of it, where they were really beating up on Sammy. I was I wasn't seeing much reaction at all from the near falls. And I think it's because everybody knew Sammy and Kevin basically were going to win. Now, eventually they were biting into all the near falls. But there was that entire middle section where I just thought the crowd was kind of dead. And it reminded me of Supercard of Honor, where Claudio and Eddie had, I thought, an amazing match. I love it and recommend everybody to go out of their way to see it. But the entire crowd for that match was absolutely dead and not buying in, in, into anything for the first half of it. I, yeah, you know, I think it had at the start. So at the very start when Sammy and Jay yeah. faced off, there was the pop. But then as the Usos took over and they're trying to get the heat, it died down a little bit. 
But you had, had that kind of, they built to that crescendo. When Owens got the hot tag, they popped pretty big for that. Mm-hmm. And then that momentum, to your point, built throughout the rest of the match. And yeah. by the end, it, it was firing on all cylinders. Yeah. But yeah, I think that heat segment early, they weren't getting a ton of booze during that. Mm-hmm. But the hot tag to Owens did pop the crowd. Um, his fro- He hit the frog splash, to your point. Another frog splash on the yeah. show. And, and um, to me, it was just, the crowd was into the moves. It's yeah. just the near falls they weren't buying. And there were several, I mean, as I said, this match got, what, 24 minutes. There were several heat segments in this match. I think three as they went through just off of memory um, where they'd get cut off and they'd have to build back up. Um, early at this point, so after you get the hot tag to Owens, um, we eventually got a brain buster. Zane gave Jay a, a brain buster. Uh, and then Owens hit a swanton to Jimmy. Was, was I then, the only one super distracted by the cameraman walking down the entrance? Because I, I was too. Yeah, I was looking back behind mm-hmm. him like, oh, God, are they really having Roman or Heyman That's or Solo come out here to interrupt? But, you know, the commentators weren't mentioning it. And eventually I realized, oh, it's just cameraman. But, man, that was distracting. <laughs> we noticed that, too. My dad pointed it out, too. <laughs> Even he was like, well, those guys, camera guys. And I'm like, oh, God, they're going to shoot the entrance. Someone's coming out. Never happened. That was a little distracting. Yeah. We had a Uso, like kind of the Uso splash deal with uh, Zane to Jimmy. Uh, audience really dug that. Um, eventually... Uh, the Usos took out Owens. They slammed him through the announce table. Then they give Zane the one D Zane kicked out at the last possible second crowd pop for that. So now you got Zane getting worked over again. Um, then Jay starts slapping Sammy. Sammy's, you know, looking days visually selling this really good. Um, then uh let's see what happened after that i thought there was i thought i wrote down the quote he yelled something at him i can't remember what it was here uh jay hits him with a forearm open-handed strikes and then sammy makes the second hot tag to owens again now who uh hits pop-up power bombs on the usos you get a haluva kick to jimmy you get the stunner to jay uso i think this is the end but no jay kicks out at this point, there's this is awesome chance from the crowd. We get uh, super kicks. Then later from the Usos, uh, we get Owens kicking out at the last possible second. Uh, Owens hits the Fisherman's Buster off the top rope. And uh, Zane then hits three consecutive Huluva kicks to Jay. And eventually they get the pinfall. So it was up and down. Uso's coming back for different stretches, only to make the hot tag to Ke- always to Kevin Owens. It'd be, you know, Sammy getting worked over, getting Owens back into the ring. But it ends the right way with Zane hitting the Haluva kicks to Jay, covering Jay for the pinfall. And then you get, you know, the big celebration at the end with the two best friends holding up the unified tag team championship belts. I loved how immediately after the pin you had kevin owens sitting leaning against ropes on one side and the opposite side sammy zane sitting leaning against the ropes kind of just staring at each other in disbelief before they finally come together and do the big hug i thought it was a pretty incredible moment so we end on a high note sammy covers jay as it should be to get the pinfall i I caught a little bit of the post scrum uh, on their youtube channel they didn't actually have it on peacock last night usually afterwards it's on peacock I turned on YouTube. It was on the WWE.com channel 
and uh, on YouTube. And they were, I mean, they were calling out like the history of everything they'd gone through in their careers. They shouted out PWG. Um, they shouted, what else did oh, they talk about? Oh, oh, speaking of which, that they're the PWG on their shorts was a very nice touch for both of them. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they called out the Briscoe brothers too. Which was nice. Oh, crap. I have a great. Thank you for reminding me. Hold on. I got a screenshot here. If somebody, uh, Mayor MGF tweeted, uh, this was before the main event, I believe. The mm-hmm. first time Zane and Owens main event at a pay-per-view was in 2007 in the legendary ROH ladder war against Jay and Mark Briscoe. Tonight is the main event of night one of WrestleMania. Uh, so that's a little cool bit of symmetry there. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, they talked about, you know, Jay Briscoe and how much they miss him and how much the Briscoes did for their careers in the post-show scrum. And that, that's always cool to see at a WWE branded event, you know, that they're, they're talking about outside the world of WWE, which mm-hmm. used to never be allowed. And these guys have, you know, they've never forgotten where they came from, Kevin and Sammy. And they always kind of go above and beyond to talk about people who have helped them along the way. And it's one of the reasons why they're so popular. So Brandon was in the chat saying he had just said enough isn't enough and it's time for a change. And right after that is when my stream booted me. <laughs> so he said, I blame myself for the Owen Hart quote for the live feed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, we got through it though. That that was night one of WrestleMania. Thoroughly entertaining show, a show, a minus show, really good, exceeded my expectations, had a really good time watching it. You said you did as well. I'm I'm looking forward to tonight. Yeah, should be a good time. Uh, are you in a hard out right now? Or do we, can I get like two or three minutes to talk about Supercard of Honor? Oh, no. Yeah, go ahead. I was, I was okay. just going to say uh, real quick, I said this on the preview show. Uh, just keep it real quick with WrestleMania. If you want to watch live tonight, I am still going to be on the Bleacher Report app just during the main event. So if you get the BR app on your phone, there's going to be like a live stream on there. And it's going to be uh, me and Jeremy Lose from the two jabronis with the wrestling podcast show. And we're going to be, I'll be in this setup right here, watching the show, reacting to only during the main event with Roman and Cody. And you can, you can stream that on your phones. So I'd love to do bleacher report more often. So let's get those numbers up. Let's show them the top rope nation tunes in for it. Get the app on your phone and just run that in the background while you're watching WrestleMania tonight during the main event, there'll be a live chat. Should be a lot of fun. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say I, I thought Supercard of Honor was a really, really good show outside of the absolutely gruesome Dante Martin injury, uh, which was real ugly to look at. But I wanted to talk about the show because I, I saw a lot of complaints about both Mark Briscoe and Eddie Kingston losing, mm-hmm. which I was certainly stunned when it happened, but it didn't strike me as a bad booking decision as more of like a kind of a ballsy one because it feels like a middle chapter to me i think both these both mark and eddie are going to be really good chasing both of these titles and frankly i think claudio needed a big win because he hasn't really felt like an important ring of honor champion so it, it it wouldn't have been as big of a deal for eddie to beat him now as it would be later on because i mean he you know claudio won the championship and then lost it right away to jericho before winning it back at 
at final battle. So I think he does need to be built up as a strong champion. And obviously Samoa Joe has been television champion for quite a while. And in that match, they were building the story as, you know, obviously Mark is not, you know, going to be over the death of his brother yet. And it's affecting them. They had a moment in the match where he went to the corner to tag out, you know, so they're mm-hmm. telling this story that, that he he's going to get to that point where he can overcome Joe, but emotionally he's just not there yet. But I, I recommend anybody who's interested or curious about this show to check it out. It had a great opener with Vikingo in uh commander and, to offset the losses of, you know, Mark and Eddie both losing, you had Shibata beating Wheeler Yuta in, in a really, really good match that Shibata is, was made to hold this pure championship. I am planning on watching this probably Monday afternoon. I took all of Monday off work, used a personal day so I could do the pod in the morning, recap in Mania Night 2. And then I think in the afternoon, I'm going to watch the show. I have not seen it yet, but you were really high on it. I agree with you on a lot of those points on the losses that people are disappointed by. And yeah, I don't think they do those finishes if they don't have something big planned mm-hmm. down the line. So I think yep. it'll be fine. Just wanted, uh, I just wanted to touch on it cause it, it was a good show. And you know, we're talking about how John Cena is washed. You can say the same thing for Tanahashi now. Yeesh. Mm, yeah. Garcia. That's the one that was my one nitpick of, of booking. I think Garcia should have won that one. Yeah. All right. couple other housekeeping notes here. Um, number one. So there is a new show up on our Patreon feed. You guys can check it out. There's a preview of it on our main feed, the podcast feed. So if you're streaming us on video right now, you got to head on over to the Top Rope Nation podcast feed available wherever podcasts are found, or you can go to topropenation.com. Uh, but if you're not aware, we do bonus shows every month called Top Rope Nation Classics, these deep dives on retro shows voted on by our patrons. You see the patrons' names scrolling across the bottom on the video feed right now. And this last week, we did the longest podcast we have ever done, two hours and 52 minutes on WrestleMania 17. It was an awesome show. Whole thing's available right now on Patreon, patreon.com slash Nation. Uh, there's over a hundred bonus podcasts there, including 40 of the classic shows. The bad news about this that I have to mention here is we didn't know it when we recorded and we had such a great time recording that show that night. But as of right now, Kyle Ross, our co-host who has been with the show since episode number two, and we know a lot of you love listening to Kyle, um, he is taking a step back from podcasting right now. He moving forward. He has made the decision to step away from top rope nation right now. And, you know, Kyle's co-host chair will always be open here. If he ever decides he wants to talk wrestling and come back. Um, if you want to read Kyle's words on this, you can go on over to the Facebook group, top rope nation, pro wrestling discussion. He put a big post up basically explaining what's going on and without delving too much into Kyle's personal life, you know, it has a lot to do with his professional obligations, some family stuff. And, uh, it just was becoming very hard for Kyle to do the podcast right now. He felt like he needs to kind of gather himself and step away right now. So for right now, top rope nation is continuing as always with Justin and I, we have a whole crew of guest co-hosts that we have had on the show many times 
who will be stepping in when we want a third person or sometimes subbing for one of us. Like tomorrow, Jesse is going to come on. Jesse Velasquez has been on the show numerous times. He always does a really good job. He is going to come on with me uh, to recap night two of WrestleMania. I mean, to tell you how last minute this was, I know on our last show, I told you all it would be Kyle and me on the WrestleMania night two. But yeah, this just kind of came up in the last couple of days and we were surprised. Justin and I were definitely surprised when we got the text from Kyle that, you know, he had made this decision, but given his personal things and what he explained to us in private, you know, I can't blame him for making the choice Mm -hmm. that he made. You know, there's things more important in the world than podcasting. And I know Kyle loves doing the show, but it's just some other things he has to handle right now. So, I mean, that is the status of top rope nation. That's why Kyle will not be on this show tomorrow. We hope that you continue to tune into the show. We have cultivated a really good following, a fun group in the Facebook group over the years. And we know a lot of you love listening to Kyle on the show, but hopefully you like listening to me and Justin too, and you keep tuning in to the show. Um, anything you want to say, Justin? No, you know, I was wondering if part of the reason why I enjoyed WrestleMania night one so much is because I needed it so badly because I was so freaking depressed about kyle leaving us and you know he's irreplaceable he's he's one of a kind and i'm 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 sure he's never going to listen to this but you know i'm really going to miss talking wrestling with him and just getting to talk to my friend you know Mm -hmm. uh so just you know all the love in the world to kyle and hopefully someday down the road we can all reunite yeah i i wrote like a tribute type thing up to him in the Facebook group and talked about how, you know, the whole, the whole reason top rope nation exists is because I had created a website in 2014 called top rope press. And Justin, I mean, you were with me when I launched the website and when I was thinking about doing that and we were texting about it and talking about it in person too. And you were one of the original writers on the website. And then in early 2016, I got a application from this guy named Kyle Ross and he wanted to write for the website and all along my entire purpose one of the big purposes of doing that website was to launch a podcast eventually and i just needed like the right people to do it with i also had to learn how to do it and so the po- the the website was up for two years before this podcast started in the summer of 2016 and i did the first show with this guy named jason stout who was a also an editor on top rope press that didn't work out Kyle had told me he had past experience with podcasting and he was willing to do the show. So Kyle came on on episode two and we rolled forward and it worked really well. And then throughout the fall of 2016, we, we started gaining momentum that winter. Kyle couldn't do a few shows and that's when Justin came on. So, I mean, we were still only around like episode 20, I think, Justin, when you started. So you've mm-hmm. been on from very early. The show had only been on for about five, four or five months when you joined as the third man. And then it was us three from January 2017 forward. And um, we had a lot of good times together doing the show out in Vegas last year, doing a show here in Iowa when Kyle was in town, doing the show at All Out, um, what, a year and a half ago in Chicago in the hotel right after we attended All Out when Punk returned. Uh, all of us met up for the first time down in New Orleans at WrestleMania 34 and I mean, I'm sure we'll we'll continue on with our friendship behind the scenes with Kyle. And we've we both made a really good friend in in doing this show. Wish we could talk wrestling with him. You know, unfortunately, right now, 
not going to be possible. I'll just, I'll read you guys. I just pulled it up. What Kyle wrote in the Facebook group. So if you're not a member of the Facebook group, this is how he broke the news to everyone. He said, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Unfortunately, mostly due to professional obligations, I'm going to be stepping aside from Top Rope Nation. There's really no joy in this. And I was quite sad when I texted Ryan Drosty and Justin Joint earlier today, letting them know my decision. He says, over the last six plus years, I'm very proud of what we've built here, a strong podcast and community around it. But of course, it's always about the friends we make along the way. And that was the best part of this whole thing. Over the last few years, I've gotten to know many of you as well. And that's also been a real treat. Except that guy who was insistent Cody's torn peck was a work. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was pretty funny. So I guess this is going. This is goodbye for now. Hopefully not forever, but I'm probably not going to be around here much moving forward. I will miss you all. I really will. TRN, then now forever to get, oh, F that. Vince McMahon? And that's how we <laughs> signed off. So yes, indeed. Kyle, wish you well with everything you're going through right now, sir. And as I said, the co-host chair will forever be yours whenever you want to pick up that microphone again. All right, everybody. 291 in the books hopefully you'll stick with us and uh yeah we'll be back tomorrow myself jesse velasquez enjoy night two of wrestlemania 30 tonight 39 tonight justin any parting thoughts nope all right let's keep on trucking buddy all right we will talk to you all again very soon take care enjoy night two tonight peace